0: Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. Mike, I've missed you up here. It's good to have him back. All right. <laughs> um, a couple people that we met at the Y are here, Trent and Bree. Um, Trent works with uh, the Marines. He's the new uh, recruiter for Grant County. And so, Trent, if you want to wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Simplify. Any other Marines? Nobody we got a lot of other military, though. Other military, you out there? There they are. Um, so anyway, let's uh, let's love on this family. Just moved up from Florida, and uh, and we wanted to introduce them to that minus 10 degree weather last week, um, which was really rough. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, what I want to first preface this morning with is. We're wrapping our series on stewardship, time, talent, and treasure. And when you start talking about people's money, everybody gets a little shifty and, and awkward, okay? Um, we're just going to read a ton of scripture today. This is what Jesus says, not me, okay? Um, and a little bit of Dave Ramsey. Um, but, uh, but we're going to kind of see some of where this stuff lines up in scripture, but also to say... If you are just, you've just come into our church for, uh, whether it's your first week or first couple weeks, this is rarely a topic that we go to, um, and so don't want to think, man, the church just only talks about money. I've been here coming up on eight years, and I think I've talked about it three times. Um, So once about every 14 months, you might hear um, something about this. Um, But anyway, why it's important is because Jesus talks about it, Jesus talked about it of his 11 of his parables, out of his 39 parables, he was talking about money or possessions. Something like 2,400 different scripture verses are speaking about money and possessions. Perhaps God would want to talk about it. Um, There's a couple major topics in scripture that they really put a lot of attention to. One is love. Another one is the kingdom of God. And another one is money and possessions. Out of those three, which one do you think the Bible talks the most about? It's not love. And it's not the kingdom of God. I'll let you guess. Yeah. And so perhaps we should look to the scriptures whenever it talks about stewarding the resources that the Lord has given us. And to steward them well... And this isn't anything to where, uh, to where we just have to uh, give all and just live poor. That, that's, not, that's not what the Bible says either. Um, and sometimes, and I've been around different churches, where, um, where, where poor or uh, uh, having a lack shows more holiness or something. And sometimes boards will say, well, we want our pastor to be holy, so we'll just keep him poor. And that's not, a, that's not the, the biblical idea either, as we learned last week. For those that have been entrusted with much, much is expected. And to those who have stewarded well the little, God will make you ruler over much, right? And so let's see what the Bible says about treasure because in Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And so Jesus doesn't need your money. He's okay. He's, he's sitting pretty nice in his mansion. He, he'll be fine. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. And he says, if I can get where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And what you spend your time on shows where your heart is. What you spend your money on shows where your heart is. I value this. And so Jesus says, I want you to be the highest value of your heart. And so he drills down on the issues of our heart through treasure. And if you ever want to get offended in your heart, let's start pointing and poking at these places where we spend our treasure. A few different books that have been helpful for me, I went through the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which kind of gives you the mentality of just kind of how to steward well, what God has given you. Jake uh, Stroop got me hooked on this book. He went through it. Um, myself, I went through it. There's just a mentality um, that comes with it. Another book that's been helpful for me is Financial Peace, Dave Ramsey. Um, this book has been incredibly helpful. Right after Alyssa and I got married, we read this book. Immediately after being done re- reading this book, we read Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Um, and so it was just kind of getting a, a biblical worldview. This is a man of God, but he's also a, a financial investor on how to uh, to steward our wealth. Um, those things have been good resources um, for me. So let's dive in here today as we get a little bit deeper into how do we steward what Jesus has entrusted to us. In this book here, Love Does, Bob Goff tells a story about his his son. And his son, Richard, um, was playing a game with a few of his buddies. And it was called Bigger and Better. Has anybody ever heard of this game? Or Trade Up. Anybody ever heard of that? So his son starts with a dime, and all of his buddies, they start with a dime. And they start walking around the neighborhood, and they want to trade the dime, but they're trying to trade up. Every time that they can. And so then whoever comes back with the coolest trade up at the end of the day wins. So he first walks into this guy and he knocks on his door and he says, hey, you know, I'm, my name's Richard and I'm however old he is and I have a dime. Do you have anything in your house that you're willing to trade for me for, for a dime? And this guy, you know, answers the door and he's like, Martha, there's some kid at the door that he wants to, he wants to get some stuff that we have in our house and he's willing to give us a dime. I don't know, we got this old mattress. And he comes walking away with a mattress for a dime. He comes walking out of the mattress. And, and Bob Goff is with him, and he's like driving all these kids around the neighborhood. He's like, where am I going to put this mattress? He gets this mattress, and he drags it up to the next door. And he says, hey, I have this mattress that I'm willing to trade you. And the guy says, I kind of need a mattress. I got this old ping pong table that I never play with. I'll trade you. His son comes walking out with a ping-pong table. And he and he's, where am I going to put this in my car? And it moves on, and he trades the ping-pong table for an elk head. And I probably would have just stopped right there with an elk head. I mean, that's pretty cool. He's got an elk head, and he makes four or five more trades. And by the end of the day, little Richard gets a truck. <laughs> he leaves the house with a dime, and he drives home with a Dodge. Can you imagine the trade-off? of this just by trading up the whole way. And I want to contend this morning that there is a trade up that we need to make, that the Lord has given us he's given us more than an elk head. He's given us more than ping pong tables. He wants to release blessing to our lives based upon how we steward and and are we willing to let go of the dime in order to get the dodge? Can I let go of the lesser and I've got to execute faith? Because this Christian walk is not only practical, it's also very supernatural. I've got I've to execute some faith sometimes to trust that God can do some things. So I've got four points this morning. First point on stewardship is tithing. Second one is called first fruits. The third one is investments. And then the fourth one we wanna talk about is what's the purpose of money. And I, I think that there's two, two different purposes. One is to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And the other one is to establish the covenant or the call that God has on your life. So let's talk about this. First one is tithing. Where do we see tithing in scripture? Tithing, we see it's a tenth. The same word for tithe is tenth of the increase that is given. And so in the Bible, we have this book called Leviticus. Leviticus is a very boring book of the Bible. Um, It's not one that you just kind of hang out in to get inspired. But Leviticus comes from the tribe of Levi, there were 12 tribes, right? The 12 tribes of Israel and Levi is one of the tribes. Levi was the priestly tribe. So there's all these different tribes and out of the 12 Levi is the priest tribe. They were the ones that served in the tabernacle. These were the guys that, that did all of the, the sacrifices, did all of the, the, the handling the Torah, all the early scriptures that we see, connecting people to God. That was the tribe of Levi. And what they would do is they would take whatever the harvest was or whatever the kill was and they would bring a tithe or a tenth to the tribe of Levi that would then bless the rest of the, the, the tribes, right? Or, or this was a representative of a man of God that we would bring to The guy that just kind of lives in the presence of God, right? So let's read this scripture here. Leviticus 18.20. And I've got all these scriptures up here. The Lord said to Aaron, you will have no inheritance in their land, talking about the tribe of Levi, nor will you have any share among them. I am your share and your inheritance among the Israelites. I give to the Levites all the tithes in Israel as their inheritance, in return for the work they do while serving in the tent of meeting. So why we continue to practice this today is what we would consider the place where the Levites would minister in the tabernacle of meeting would be the church. This would be the storehouse of God. And so we believe that that we want to be very generous with our money and with all the possessions that we have, but it's more than just giving to your favorite non-for-profit. It's more than just giving to your local charity. If there's a specific place, the house of God, where we want to give it, and again, not because God needs the money, but because he wants your heart. I think that we should give to non-for-profits, I think that we should give to charities, but specifically what God has called us to do, if we're Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, is a tenth of what we should give to the church. I shared this principle with Ronnie one time, and to, and to get a child's mind to wrap around sharing and giving is a tough task. But I, but I told her, I said, Ronnie, it's the Lord that gave it all to you anyway. Well, I worked for it. Well, he gave you that body, and he gave you a skill set. He gave you gifts to accomplish a thing, to obtain wealth. And he says, I've given you all of this, and you can keep 90 of it. But just, I just want to see where your heart is. Could you give back 10%? And she goes, yeah, I see it. I get to keep 90, and I just love Jesus. He gets 10, and I get 90. We should always do that. I should always get 90. Somebody else can always get 10. She thought that was the best deal on the planet. But whenever we're used to keeping 100, giving anything feels like we're getting ripped off, right? And we've got to have a different mind shift to where I'm not used to keeping everything. Not only am I just a, not just a partner with God, I'm a servant to God. It's not even so much partnership as I'm serving him. All of it belongs to him anyway. There's not a thing on this planet that I, that I really own. Ownership can be an illusion. It all belongs to him. And to say it's mine is asinine. You, ever, you remember when you ever had kids in the house and they would say, this is my bag of Doritos. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Somebody bought those Doritos. Uh, That's my bag. Get out of my room. That's not your room. How much did you pay for that room? You ain't paying rent for that room. It's my room. That's my bed. That's my whatever, right? And as the father, you have a right to say it's all mine. And as children, we should say, yes, father. Yes, God. It's all yours. And I just give back. My heart is open uh, and I want to cast God in the light where he's so good and so generous. And I want to connect with him deeply, especially in my possessions. And what I possess, I want to lay them at his feet. So I want to utilize my house to reach the lost. I want to utilize my vehicles to, to, to transport people and to connect. Right? I want to use whatever he's given me on mission in my life. Check out this scripture in Malachi chapter 3. In verse 6, we have this one. I, the Lord, do not change. Okay, so all the way back from Levi, he goes, I do not change. So the descendants of Jacob are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees. You have not kept them. Return to me. I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? So God says, your heart is shifted. How has our heart shifted? God says, let me show you an area of your heart that's not fully mine. In verse 8, he says, will you, uh, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. There's only a few times where the Lord says, test me. I didn't want to test my dad. Maybe you like testing yours. Dad's saying, I'll prove myself on this one. Test me in how I can handle whenever you give. Uh, verse, middle of 10, says the Lord Almighty, and I see, and, and, and see if I will not uh, throw open the floodgates of heaven, I will pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from destroying your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delight uh, will be delightful in the land, says the Lord Almighty. Real quick, it says that we're robbing God. Did you know there's a difference between robbing and uh, theft? Between a robber and a thief. I want to teach you kind of a cool Hebrew word. Check out this Hebrew word here. This is the Hebrew word for rob. It is, can you all understand that? It almost looks like yeti. Backwards, um, but if we were pro- to pronounce it, it would be kaba. Kaba is this Hebrew word that means rob. The word rob means to physically assault someone and take their possessions. To be, to theft is to sneak in and take something without them knowing it. So if I'm a if I'm a thief, I sneak into your house and I take your microwave. I don't know why I would take your microwave. But I would take your microwave, especially if it's got some fun Super Bowl food in there. I would take your microwave, but you wouldn't know about it. Robbery is I come in violently and take from you. I robbed you. I assaulted you and stole your purse. God says you are intentionally coming after me, stealing. You've robbed me. This is what this Hebrew word means. If we don't give to the Lord. And the way that we give to the Lord is given to the house of God here in the church, not other charities. And uh, and please do all that stuff. But I just want us to not live under a curse. He says, if you do that, you are cursed. Some people they say, I just can't afford to do a, a tithe and an offering. And I would say, oh, you can't afford not to. I would maybe back off how many iPhones. I would back off how much internet, how many cable shows. I would watch how much I go out to eat. I would do whatever I could to make sure I lived under the umbrella and the covering of the blessing of the Lord. God, I'm giving back to you. This is is serious. And to think that I can steward my money better, no God, all of it is yours and if this is what you say I should do with my money, it is yours. It is all yours. To, to, To say that we can't afford to live the way that God has called us to live. I would just fight against that and say, you can't afford not to live the way that he's called you to live. And I don't want to be called a robber by God. You have come into my house and stole from me. These are heavy scriptures, right? But the goal is for us to live blessed. And he says, but if you do this, I will throw open the doors of heaven. I will dump heaven on top of you where you can't even hold it. You can't even contain it. Anybody think that scripture now looks kind of cool, right? Man, I just want to live according to how he's called me to live. There's some times where I can be a little bit intense with my kids, but I'll tell them, I could be the coolest dad on the planet. Just listen. Listen. Why is it so hard? If you would just obey, son, this would life would go well for you if you could just obey, son. I would, I would want to bless you as much as I possibly could bless you. And the Father God is saying, son this could go really well for you just listen and i will bless you as much as i can and he has unlimited resources to bless his children also let's remember this god loves not just any sort of a giver he loves a cheerful giver 2 corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 it says uh, the point is this Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one of you must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you would abound in every good work. Dan, you're here. You've got... Thousands of acres. Do you walk out there and just kind of throw some seed on, you know, just pull some out of your pocket and just kind of throw some seed? Thanks, Dan. I thought Dan was going to try to hijack and have his little moment (coughs) of humor there. He says, if you just sow sparingly, yeah, here's a 20. Hey, here's here's a five bucks. Hey, here's a... He said, then you're just going to reap sparingly. But if you pull out all the equipment and say, I'm all in... And I'm investing, I'm, I'm going over acres and acres and thousands of acres of sowing seed into something. You can't not re- reap this massive blessing. And he also says this, I love a cheerful giver. For me, with my kids, I love a cheerful obeyer. A begrudging obeyer also sometimes in our house gets spanked. Okay, get over here. Fine, Ronnie, give you a hug. Get out of here, right? He did what I asked, I guess, but his heart, again, it's the issue of the heart is what he's after. He wants something deeper in our lives, and it's not just just money. He wants our heart to say, Jesus, I fully trust you. I'm happy. I love you, and I give generously, right? is the overflow of the heart here. Here's what it looked like in their times, whenever it was predominantly an agricultural world, as point number two was first fruits. In Proverbs chapter three, verse nine, it says this, "'Honor the Lord with your wealth "'and with the first fruits of all of your produce.'" So there's a difference between tithes and offerings. Let me share this, let me break this down. Tithes would be your tents. Offerings would be anything above and beyond, would be on top of. So even as we say, hey, the ushers get ready to receive the offering, I'm probably not even saying that right. It should be the usher's going to receive our tithes and our offerings, right? Our tithes, as I just know, here's what I, here's my increase, here's what I'm, here's what I'm making, and I'm giving back a tenth. And the offering would be on top of the tithe is not. Um, Brock gets up here and says, "Hey, we know that there's a hundred kids in our community that need coats. Oh, great! I, that's that moves my heart. I'll give to that. That's an offering. That's just." Above and beyond. We got these kids back here that we can help provide some food for. That's an offering. That's, that, is a, that is above and beyond. Or uh, we had, a, had an awesome conversation with someone last week. Whenever I shared the story about the nurse that we have in one of our facilities that we provided Christmas for, he was so moved. He said, man, that, that, that grips me. When those situations happen, please let me know. I want to I give to that, right? There's, a, there's this move to give the extras on top of those are called offerings. How they started with their early tithes was called a first fruit. Okay, so let's say that we've got ten different fields out here. And we're harvesting all at different times. And I plant this one, I plant this one. Whichever one I harvest first, these are the first fruits. Those first fruits would immediately go to the tribe of Levi. They would give the first of whatever they would, you know, of, of their increase. There was an intentionality with first fruits. Perhaps you would look at, at your, uh, you know, maybe it's your new year, the first check. Um, would be a first fruit offering. Um, perhaps it's maybe I just got a raise, and, and that, that first new extra is going to be a first fruit back to, to the Lord. So honoring the Lord with our wealth, our tithes, offerings, and first fruits. This isn't God's getting more of your money. No, God's getting more of your seed. You're going to get more of a harvest, all of this is seed. How much seed can I get into the ground of the kingdom of God? And it is given to the church, but it is getting the food. It is getting the clothes. It is getting all of these extras. It is the rescue mission. It is mission trips. And as we take our money and put it into the kingdom work of God, people, he will open up the storehouses. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in my own life for the majority of my life. I've either had very just basic jobs or ministry. Doesn't pay a ton, but I've just constantly seen the provision of the Lord come in ways so unexpected. They just do. Not making millions of dollars, but I'm seeing the blessing of God released through my life. So it's not about what I can go out and make. It's about how much I can give that God is able to bless That's how our lives can get blessed. I've seen people that can make millions of dollars and live in a curse. They live cursed. It's not about what we make. It's about living according to how he's called us to live and that we are blessed by him. Next point here, point three, is to invest. Good stewards would invest. We don't just eat all of our seed today. We're investing into our future also. Save, don't spend, invest, don't consume. This is one of the phrases that one of my mentors told me years and years ago. He said, Brock, if you can save, don't spend, invest, don't consume, life will go really, really good for you over the course of time. As a kid, my grandpa, he's sitting here in the second row, my grandpa told me about this magic secret called compound interest. Oh, my gosh, G.P., he first told me about a Roth IRA, and I thought he said Ross IRA because his last name is Ross. I was like, So if I give you money, Ross, you'll give me more money? Like, how does this thing work? I like, I'm down for a Ross IRA. I'm a Ross. Don't forget, I'm a Ross. Um, my name might not be Ross, but make sure I'm in the line for the Ross, right? This, this Roth IRA thing, I learned about compound interest, and my mind was just unbelievably blown by this. Albert Einstein called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> He said, he said this thing, it's not even fair when you play by compound interest. The Einstein quote, actually, uh, he said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it. If you understand this, you win. If you don't, you are going to lose by compound interest, so not only do we want to give to the house of God, we need to think how does money work and, and to invest in things that God has called us to. Um, I was coming back from a, uh, from a family event in Tipton, and we've got this 45-minute drive home, and Judah's in the car with me. I'm thinking, okay, I want to maximize this moment. I want to maximize every little time I get with my son. What can we work on today? Compound interest, Judah. Let me tell you this magic. You know, Judah, you like magic tricks. Can I tell you one of the coolest magic tricks ever? There's this thing called compound interest. He's like, okay, you know what is it? Judah actually is one of my kids that mentally gets it, um, and he's like, okay, I want to, I want to know what this thing is. And I said, Judah, I pulled out this, I pulled out this uh, on my phone, and Jackson, let's let's show this here. It's a compound interest calculator. Can you make that just a touch bigger? Um, and I want to show you guys this, this current principle. Do you see that line right there? Um, there at the top. And I said, Judah, whatever money you want to put in, I'll double it. I'll double however much money you want to put in. Judah, how much money do you want to put in? He's like, uh, $40. I said, great. You'll put in $40. I'll put in $80. How much do we have together? 120. So Judah, we're going to open this account. We got 120 bucks. Right? And Judah, what if every month we just put in $5? So over the course of the year, you got 60 bucks. So annually, we'll put in 60 bucks. Judah, you can take this out when you're 69 and a half, so you're nine right now, right? So we've got 61 years to do this thing, so for 61 years, and and over the last about 60 years, the market's done between 10 and 12%, so let's just put 11, 11%, and we're going to calculate this thing, and Judah, you're going to have half a million dollars sitting there, $420,000, and he goes, what? Are you kidding me? Blowing my mind! What he just couldn't wrap his mind around. He's like, for 120 bucks, for five bucks a month? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be wild. But Judah, you're just not gonna put five dollars in because one of these days you're finally gonna go get a job, right? Judah, you're gonna get a job, and and maybe just something crazy. Maybe put in 100 bucks, 150 bucks. So let's instead of 60, let's put in um, so 150 bucks for 12 months. I don't know. Let's put in 1,600 dollars. Okay, and then let's calculate that. Judah, you want to have nine million dollars? He couldn't handle himself. He's like, b- b- blah, 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 blah. I, I, uh. I was like Judah, and you'll pull this out when you're seventy. He's like, I want to pull it out now. I want it now, man. It's like Judah, the beauty of the market is not just trying to time the market, it's time in the market. And you need all this time in the market. I didn't start investing until I was 21 years old. And, and maybe for some of you, you're like, man, I wish I would have started at 21 years old. I was talking with my dad last night. He's like, I wish I would have started when I was 50. Um, but for Judah, it's starting at nine. He's going to have nearly six decades of this thing just rolling over and rolling. I said, Judah, also the bank. The bank, if we put our money in there, they'll give you 1%. And it's safe. You'll never lose it. Sometimes the market does, last year the market did 18%. Maybe it does minus 3% and you lose. Maybe it does 4%, maybe you lose 10 What do you think is the safest play? He goes, the bank. Judah, you're only getting 1%. He's like, yeah, but it's safe. And Judah just wants to play it safe, right? I said, but Judah, but what if you could do you know, something like this? Still, which one is the safest play? He goes, the bank. I was like, all right, Judah, we got to work on you just a little bit. Judah wants to play it safe all the time. Um, But there is this unbelievable way of just being smart to invest. So then I get home, and I say, Ronnie, Ronnie, let me tell you about this thing called compound interest. Okay, what is it? Ronnie's just happy-go-lucky. And so Ronnie, let's just change the the number here. Um, She is, somebody help me, seven. Um, So Ronnie's going to have 63 years. So just change that to 63. Boom, calculate it just sick. She's going to have $2 million more just because she's younger, right? And then Nora, I did the same thing with Nora. Nora, I said, Nora, let me tell you about compound interest. And she goes, (laughs) (laughs) so Nora's going to have 65 years. Oh, it's just, it's just ridiculous, man. Um, And so to steward And sometimes, I'll tell you, an educated community is powerful. We just need to be educated, just to be taught. And I am not a Notre Dame. I don't know what the market's going to be. I don't know. I just know historically. And just so, don't ask me, but go find a financial advisor, please, and start thinking, God, I want to steward well. What you have given me. And it's not about attaining something to be in some clout place. It's about, God, how can I take what you've given me? Remember last week, our sermon on the, on the, the, the stewarding, the, the, the talents, those bags of gold? Look, I took it, and I doubled it. And I've got, now I've got 10 bags. God says, good job. Faithful steward, right? There's a faithfulness to this thing that God wants us to have. So I, I tell Ronnie, I say, Ronnie, if this is the goal and this is where we want to get to, would you help me be committed to not buy every little toy that you want to have and, and try not to buy every LOL doll? Let's take that four, seven bucks and invest it in here. Yeah, dad, I don't need anything else. I mean, she's been caught by this vision. Something higher has gripped her. She's pumped. I said, guys, we're going to live lean. Let's say no a lot. And guys, if we can live like no one else, this is what Dave Ramsey says, live extreme like no one else, later we'll be able to live like no one else. Guys, there's just some base. These are the practicals. These aren't even faith steps. These are just practical. The obedience to the God things, those take a lot of faith. These are a lot of the practicalities of the scriptures. Check this out. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22 It says, yeah, go ahead. Thanks, Jackson. Flipping back over. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. When we start thinking past ourselves and we start thinking generationally, what my grandpa did to me shifted something in me at a young age. Like, whoa, what is this thing? He shifted something. And so if I can obey the Lord and I can be smart to not consume it all, but to invest it all, Jesus says, what a good man is? A good man thinks about generations to come and leaves it for his children's children. That's the good man. And I would encourage you maybe even this, instead of birthday gifts, instead of Christmas gifts, set up an account for your kids and say, hey, instead of this, instead of this transformer, 20 bucks is going to this account. Or what we just set up was an ugma. An ugma is a, I don't know. Um, Unified uh, grant money for youth or something like that. It's basically the Roth IRA version for kids because you can't have a Roth IRA unless you actually have a job to have a tax return. And so anyway, we've set up these three ugmas for our kids. So what we're going to do is birthday, we're going to start sewing in parents, grandparents, leave an inheritance. Alyssa's grandfather did this whenever she was born. A hundred bucks he put away and forgot about it. Signed it over to her whenever she was 18 years old, after she graduated high school. It was hers. Thousands of dollars in there, just with a one-time investment. A good man thinks generationally. Last point here is number four, the purpose of money. What's the purpose? I believe we've got two purposes. Number one, there is the opportunity to enjoy the fruits of our labor. There's nothing wrong with it. And we shouldn't judge each other if somebody enjoys what they've done with their life and they've been compensated for it. They can enjoy. They can go and buy some things and have some nice trips or whatever and we shouldn't judge one another based upon that. We should bless one another based upon that. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 18, it says, I have seen personally what is the only uh, beneficial and appropriate course of action for people, to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all of their hard work on the earth during the few days of their life that God has given them. For this is their reward. To every man whom God has given wealth and possessions, he has also given him the ability to eat from them to receive his reward, and to find enjoyment in his toil. These things are the gift of God. For he does not think much about the fleeting days of his life because God keeps him preoccupied with the joys that he derives from his activities. (laughs) He's not stressed about the future days because he's so caught up in the enjoyment of living the life that the Lord has provided for him fascinating. It's okay to enjoy the fruit of your labor. I've lived in cultures and environments where maybe you get something and somebody else makes a little passive-aggressive comment. Yeah, I bet that must be nice. Sure would be nice to have that, that job and get paid like that. Hey, what, what's it like living on that side of the tracks? Rather than, yeah! Man, that's awesome! I'm so glad you got to go on that trip. How cool! I've been in environments where actually people celebrate blessing on your life. That's pretty fun. What if it was a family of just celebrating when God releases blessing and we could actually enjoy it? And the second point is not just to enjoy it, but also to make sure we're intentional with establishing the call of God on our life. Somebody that I think does this well is Kathy. I think that Kathy has a great balance of this. One of the most consistent givers of our church and offerings of buying things that probably she wouldn't want everybody to know, but she does all the little extras of blessing in our church, specifically when it comes with our audio, visual, music, all of that sort of group. And then the next thing you see is she is out watching a show, and she's at the orchestra, and she's sitting behind a bucket of crabs with legs that are bigger than her head, and she's on a fun trip. She just does, I think this is an area, Kathy, They just want to honor her. I think that she's got a really good mix and a balance. How can I honor the Lord, and how can I enjoy my life? How can I bless people for all of eternity? And how, before I get to eternity, can I enjoy some of the fruit of my labor? It's fun to see people that can do it well. This Establish the Covenant, I'll end on this, and then we'll go watch pre-Super Bowl shows. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 10. When you have eaten your fill, be sure that you praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. But that is the time to be careful, he says. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and you've built your fine homes to live in, And when your flocks and your herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied proud uh, along with everything else, be careful, he says. Do not become proud at that and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its Poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and to test you for your own good. How about this? God will give you blessing to test you. <laughs> Make sure that you don't eat all of your seed. That might be a test. He says, with fear and trembling, right? Verse 17, he did all of this so that you would never say to yourself, I've achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. He has given you wealth to establish the covenant of God. He's given you resources to go and do what he's called you to do for his purposes and for his glory, to reach lost people, to to make his kingdom work a bigger impact here on the planet. So a quick recap. Let's obey the Lord with our tithe, with our first fruits, with offerings, intentional to be very generous to give. Let's invest. Save, don't spend. Invest, don't consume. And also, we can enjoy the fruit of our labor. And all the money that we have should be going in kingdom ways. God, how can I do this? Let me have a mindset of God to establish the covenant that you want to have with your people. The money that God wants to get to you, he also wants to get through you. And if he can get it through you, trust me, he'll get even more back to you. Let's be faithful stewards of our time, our talent, and all of our treasure. Would you all stand with me this morning as we close? Jesus, oh, we want to be a blessed people. We do not want to live cursed. And Lord, I just pray right now that you would just give grace to our church family. Lord, that those that this just seems like a monster issue, Lord, I pray. Just come in with peace right now. But the financial struggle, Lord, just, just bring some peace. And Lord, we also ask you to bring some wisdom and insight on how to do this. Maybe bring some people around that can, can, can point the way. Some good financial minds. Lord, we also ask that our hearts would be obedient to you In this area, church, I just want to challenge you. Perhaps you've held back a little bit in your obedience. God says, I want your heart. I want it all, man. I want all of your heart. And we can't stand up here and worship and sing, Jesus, I give you my whole heart, if it's just not true. Lord, I pray that our heart would be fully released, our treasure would be fully released. Lord, we pray that that we would be intentional to save and to invest and leave for our children, for our children's children, that we would just be like oak trees that spread far and wide providing shade and rest and awesome protection for generations to come. Lord, I pray that people would know the balance between enjoyment and also their calling to take everything that you've given us, Lord, to get after it, to establish our call on the planet, and to enjoy everything that you've entrusted to us. We honor you with our time, our talent, and our treasure. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.